October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, an annual campaign to increase awareness of the disease. Join us at the island as we have a socially distanced interview with our amazing survivor. And we are back at the island. And today here at the island, we are thrilled and feel very honored to have our guest today. She is a friend of the podcast and a real diva. Yes, she is is married to her high school sweetheart, Vernon, and lives in Rockwall, Texas. They have two remarkable children, Sydney, a Baylor University graduate, and Marcus, a 10th grader who hosts his own podcast called Other Kids. So in addition to, yeah, I know, in addition to supporting and uplifting women diagnosed with breast cancer, she works for the Verizon company and she is a military spouse mentor through American Corporate Partners. Our special guest is a boss and is a survivor thriving in remission. Welcome, Toya. Welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule for this very important episode. Yes. Yes. And so, yes, well, thank you. Um, So, we're going to just dive right in, Toya. Um, We don't want this to be too uh, difficult for you. Um, We're we're hoping that this episode will be encouraging, enlightening um, Mm -hmm. for someone out there that may have gone through or is going through what you've already been through. So again, we really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, So I'm gonna start out asking questions. I'm gonna ask, um, at what age were you diagnosed, Toya? And and what stage were you diagnosed? That's a good question. Um, I I was around 40 that I was diagnosed and, I, my staging has really been, I I had the best doctor because she didn't focus so much on the staging and it was almost like I didn't ask and she didn't tell. Mm -hmm. And I think that was kind of like her way of getting her patient through, you know, the treatment plan. Mm -hmm. But I believe I would have been like stage two at the time and even a stage three. So, cause actually staging can change from year to year, they learn more and kind of change the parameters. But um, I would say between stage two and stage three. Okay, and so tell me about, um, because I I know when I talked to you earlier about um, being diagnosed like the mastis, I don't want to to say Metastasize. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, tell us about that, that process and, and, you know, the treatment that you got. So really they thought it was early or for, you know, many months and even a year, uh, they thought it was something other than breast cancer. And by the time that it was really diagnosed through a biopsy, um, they knew that it was cancer, but really didn't understand fully until we had the surgery that it actually had metastasized to my lip nodes. Okay. And so... Uh, that really kind of changes the treatment plan. You want to be more aggressive because once it's in your lymph nodes, your lymph nodes like filters your blood and your blood goes through your whole body. But I was fortunate enough that it was just in the lymph nodes. It hadn't gone to any of my 
other uh, organs. So that was good. You just educated me because I always thought if it went into the nodes that it was really, really bad and, you know, there's no turning back. I, I, yeah, you just educated me. Yeah, no, you, it, there actually <laughs> is still hope, but yes, when, once it's in the lymph nodes, cause your lymphatic system goes through all the organs. Right. It, it can be uh, very scary, but. Okay. God okay. had a plan. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes. Well, you all, you all kind of touched on the question that I had for you, Toya. Um, how were you initially detected? Did you do the breast self-breast exam or did your doctor say, oh, there's something going on here? What made you even think that there needed to be something done or you checked out? So that's an excellent question. Um, I often did do my own breast exam in the shower, not necessarily monthly, but pretty regularly. It, I did notice there was one area of my breast where uh, the tissue changed. Everything was, you know, kind of soft and cushy. And then there was one area that was smooth and hard. And I kind of watched it over time. Um, I had, you know, had Marcus, my son, not that long ago. I thought perhaps it was some kind of calcification from, you know, breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. But because it changed, it got bigger. That kind of made me realize that I should see a doctor. And even seeing the doctor, though, he thought that it was a cyst. And I had the 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 best doctor um gynecologist uh just very uh thorough and up to date but in his you know professional opinion and even his personal opinion he thought it was a cyst and so we really didn't act on it as fast as we should have but over time with more tests and with it you know getting larger we understood that it was not a cyst so we biopsied and found out that it was actually breast cancer. Okay. So before that, did you go through like a mammogram or anything before they decided to do the biopsy? Yes, I did do, um, I did do a sonogram. And after the sonogram, um, and I believe I did a mammogram as well, because I probably did the mammogram when I was 40, actually. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I have very dense breasts, and a lot of Black women have dense breasts. Mm -hmm. And if you, if your doctor ever tells you that, then I would always just do my due diligence with your mammogram, because dense breasts can hide breast cancer. Yeah. And that's what was happening. We could feel it, but we couldn't see it. And even in the sonogram, you, you could feel it, but you really couldn't see it. And when we did the biopsy, even that was difficult trying to get to the actual spot, you know, where it was. But unfortunately, but no, not unfortunately, but fortunately, we got a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. And that told us that there's a problem there. Mm -hmm. So good question. Well, you educated us again because um, I also have dense breasts. And so I ended up getting a chip in my breast so that each time that they do a mammogram, they kind of know that's an area that they need to pay attention to. But they also yeah. know that it, it's been checked out or biopsy before. So they call it a marker. Yeah, marker. Or 
marker. Yes, mm -hmm. nice mm -hmm. marker. Yes. Well, I, I have one more question. Mm -hmm. Is there a family history of breast cancer that also made you kind of be concerned? I, I don't have a family history of breast cancer. Um, well, I say that. Um, I, I didn't really, at the time, have a family history of breast cancer. My grandmother's sister uh, that passed away in 2003, when she was in the hospital passing away, we noticed something uh, uh, about her nipples that looked different. And it looked like a special kind of breast cancer that I think is called pageant's disease. Mm -hmm. It was not, she was never diagnosed. Uh, so we can't say that for sure. Um, I've had environmental tests done um, maybe about, uh, well, I've had it done recently. So I've had it done like maybe two years after my breast cancer diagnosis. And then just recently within the past two years, I've had it done again because they've made improvements to look at your gene history and understand mm. if that's a part of, you know, your DNA, I'll say, and it, it was not. So mine is strictly environmental. Wow, you say environmental, and I know I'm probably jumping questions, but what expound on that. What do you mean by environmental? You know, they can't really, there's no real explanation to explain it, but I was exposed to it in some way. And oh, okay. not really understanding what that was, whether it was poured that the mini Coca-Colas that I've had, and I probably shouldn't name a brand, but the <laughs> mini sodas that I've had and the chocolate cake growing up and just, you know, bad eating and not, you know, eating vegetable vegetables or having low vitamin D or maybe, you know, living somewhere where there's some, you know, issue, you know, mm. with with whatever, you know, it's, okay. it's really kind of unknown, right? Oh, okay. So they determined that yours wasn't, was environmental. I, um, I, I like the fact that your doctor, and I'm gonna go back to that answer that you gave, that your doctor did not talk about the different stages so that she can kind of keep you positive. Because sometimes when you hear you yeah, stage four cancer or stage three cancer, you just mm. in your mind want to give up. Correct. So that's very awesome that your doctor really did not go into the details of the stages, but still, you know, gave you the truth of, you know, the cancer and then all the different ways that you guys can defeat that cancer. And that kind of probably kept you positive also, yes. uh, not knowing the stages. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. So uh, when you first heard the news about getting cancer, how did you feel? It was a very um, weird feeling because I actually was really kind of, I was like, really? <laughs> I was in, you know, speaking to God, I was like, really? Like, this is it? Like, this is how it's going to go? Um, it, it crazy thing, when I was younger, we were playing around and my cousin started trying to read palms and he, he looked at mine and he told me that I had, I was going to die young. I would have a short life. Wow. And I always bought into that. And so when it happened, I, it wasn't really that I thought that I was going to die. I was very concerned about my children because I was mm -hmm. like, there's so much that, you know, I need to teach them and love them and show them. That yeah. was my real, real concern. But then I also was like, 
you know, just kind of asking God, is this your plan, you know, for me? And then after that, I really took this kind of numb approach to it where I just kind of got really um, just uh, going with the process, like not putting too much thought around that I could die or, you know, this procedure, these are all the risks that pertain to that. I just, I had a coworker that had had breast cancer early on um, at SBC. And then later she went back when the insurance policy changed, she went back to get a double mastectomy. Mm. And I saw her go through that process. And, and me and her, we did jazzercise together during lunch. So we were really close. And she was really the first person, one of the first people that I had reached out to. And she was such an angel. And all this really kind of came about through a coworker is how I really discovered it. But just to stick to this story, she was such an angel. She was like, she knew exactly what to say to me. And she said, look, this is a project and you're a project manager. Oh. I want you to get your binder. I want you to get the inserts to go into your binder. You're going to need little folders to put all your paperwork in. You're going to keep everything there. When you call the doctor and there's no appointment for you, you're going to ask them to be on the waiting list. You're going to call them every day until they can fit you in. Oh, and wow. just that little pep talk that she gave wow. me, I was like, Okay, okay. So I really Okay, coach. <laughs> I began to treat it like a project and I started yes. managing it. And I think that helped me, you know, really just get through it because I was just working through the steps. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, so she was she was on your team. You guys were teammates basically. She was, she was, and I went to her doctor. She thought very highly of her doctor. I was getting opinions about her doctor even before my diagnosis. So it was really good to be able to go to Dr. Amy Lang in San Antonio. She is truly the best and nationally known. Um, and then I had other coworkers that I had found uh, because it was a few of us, you know, mm -hmm. in the same floor, they were seeing her as well, so. That's awesome. And with that being said, we are going to take a quick break and come right back with Miss Toya. Woo -woo. <laughs> and we are back from our break. And once again, Toya, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And I think um, the ladies still have a couple of more questions or a few more questions they would like to ask. We'll go ahead with Cheryl. Go ahead. Yes, thanks, Vanita. Toya, I have another question for you, and I know this one, you're probably going to say, yes, I did. <laughs> did you face <laughs> any obstacles during your treatment process? And if so, how did you overcome these obstacles? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, did, I did face obstacles in the form of just dealing with the side effects of treatment. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't have any 
serious obstacles like having to go back uh, into the hospital for something or I know some women have issues with the double mastectomy and they there has to be some kind of follow-up so really I was blessed in the um, with the situation of no major obstacles but just coping with all the side effects of chemotherapy and radiation um, and then um, other treatments that were given to me to just give it our best chance to not have the cancer come back. Can you share some of the side effects? Only if you... Yeah, no, definitely. I remember um, being, um, you know, having constipation um, a lot, you know, like wanting to go to the bathroom and really, I mean, just sitting there for minutes, you know, like 30 minutes and nothing happening at all. Um, and then your taste is different. Um, mm. So nothing, all the food that we enjoy with all the good cooks that we know in our community, um, you know, not being able to fully enjoy that. Um, let's see, just being tired and with mm. radiation, you have soreness in the area that they're, um, you know, uh, applying the treatment to. So, um, yeah, those are some of the things that I've experienced. What about hair loss? Did you lose your hair? <laughs> Definitely. You know, mm. the hair thing just doesn't bother me as much. And I know that's really, really big for women to lose their hair. And I've always just kind of been like, it's just hair. And I'm surprised that I didn't mention that first, but that just tells you how much I just was not, you know, bothered by that. My hair came back, but I had a better grade of hair than what I had before. So <laughs> I really appreciate that. I don't think I could have ever have gone natural uh, prior <laughs> to having breast cancer. But yes, hair loss is a big issue. But this is like 10 years later. Uh, there are different treatments that uh, women can, women and men can have to not lose their hair. So there, there are options now, which is really, really good. Well, could I ask a quick question? What did I, I know some of the things, but tell our listeners what you did since hair wasn't a major issue, but you did lose it. So what did you do? Well, so I think really just around the house, I would wear a bandana. But when I had to go out, I had a wig and I had a nice wig that was close to the style that I was accustomed to wearing. It was actually a um, real hair. Um, I wanted to make sure, but even I, I found out, even the synthetic ones, you know, they're pretty cool too. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just wore a wig and you couldn't really tell the difference actually. Awesome. Hey, I have my hair and I still got a couple of wigs I put on every now and then. So <laughs> I know it's really a daily accessory. So it's not yeah. a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So question for you, do you ever worry that the cancer will return? Um, I do, um, but I don't worry a lot. So I will, as soon as I recognize that I am worrying, then I just, I nip it in the bud because mm -hmm. I know that, you know, even if it does come back, you know, I have beat it before, then I will beat it again. And if, if I don't, then I lived a, a, a great life. I worked on all those things 
kind of, even though there's more to do, always more to do, <laughs> but just the things that you kind of reflect on when mm -hmm. you're faced with a life, you know, threatening illness, you know, I've just tried to be, you know, the authentic, caring person that at least when I'm gone, someone will say, someone other than my kids and my family will say, you know, she left the world in a better place. You know, mm -hmm. that's what my, you know, ultimate goal is, is for someone to say that they're better for knowing me. Okay. Wow. And we're all better for knowing you, Toya. <laughs> and that's really likewise. That's really likewise. I, I, I will wait till you ask all your questions, but there's definitely um, a part of me getting through this that experience was really because of the support that I had received from each of you and even, you know, more than just you and that San Antonio community that, that really, really was what I needed to get through. Wow. So, wow. wow. That's a great segue. Cause I was going to ask you, I know that you know, a lot of people, you have a lot of family and friends, and I was going to ask you to share some of the things that they did to support you. Well, yes. Um, I'm glad you asked that question because really it's the wind beneath my wings. You, you can't get that. You can't go through that kind of experience without having a village to help you do that. And I told you about Lori who gave me the mindset and how mm -hmm. to attack it, but you all, and even folks that are in our group that are not here were so supportive with just asking what we needed and with having, you know, the double mastectomy and the, um, the limitations that you have in terms of lifting. I wasn't going to be able to care for my family uh, with food. Uh, preparation mm -hmm. and all that. So I think how it went was my church family, which is, are you guys, provided me with, I think it was almost like 10 days or two weeks worth of meals. I think you gave like 10, 10 days worth of meals and endless days worth of gift cards where Vernon could, you know, order and pick up uh, meals and bring to the house. And that was such a huge benefit or tremendous blessing for us because that's something that I didn't have to to worry about or care mm -hmm. for and then right after you guys my neighbors did the same thing and I know they went for a week and uh, it just it really meant a lot to me but even more than the food just the prayers the support the cards the gifts coming to see me at the hospital not yeah, to mention there <laughs> while I was doing the surgery looking all crazy <laughs> that was we were there <laughs> uh, but yes you know that just really it 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 when we do that for when we hold space for our sisters and we stand in the gap for them it helps them to know that they're not going through this alone, you know, and yes. in my experience, and I know that everyone has a different experience. I didn't feel isolated. I felt like so many people were sending prayers and love and positive thoughts my way, even beyond this group of folks here, just people at church, you know, smiles on their faces, you know, men, different people mm -hmm. that you're not maybe as close to, but you know, you can just feel that they're wishing you well. 
and yes. if that was definitely, you know, appreciated and definitely something that helped me get through the experience. And so that's good to know because we all want to be supportive of each other and any friends that we find out are dealing with cancer in any way. And often people don't know what to say. And so I'm going to ask you this question. It's kind of hard, but is there anything that you wish that people would not do or say in a time like that? So maybe we can learn and we'll know not to do it the next time. <laughs> um, you know, I can't really remember like anything that like got on my pet peeve or I felt like, oh, you know, that's not comforting or felt discouraged by something that someone said. And even if they did, I mean, I'm the kind of person that will not try to focus on that because some people just don't know, you know, they mean well. Mm -hmm. um, and I forgot to say Jack and Jill had provided some meals too. I know one of the things, even when I got the diagnosis, Vernon was like devastated. Vernon cried, my husband, he cried more. I mean, I wasn't even crying. He would not stop crying at the doctor's office when we were talking to the surgeon. And I was like, you know, kind of like, let me, you know, I want to get the information, can you? But my point is that um, people have different references of other people or themselves in their breast cancer journey. And so the reference that he had was he had lost a, a close cousin that was really kind of like the glue of his family on his dad's side. So mm -hmm. he automatically assumed that my diagnosis would mean death. Mm. And I would say that there's different types of breast cancers and the survivability of each type is different. So, and the staging also has something to do with it. So sometimes I have dear friends that I have lost to breast cancer. And um, I guess my point is really that there's so much more to understanding the full diagnosis to understand kind of what the survivability will be, what the treatment will be. <laughs> so it's not necessarily all doom and gloom when someone is diagnosed. And I know it's hard to kind of dance around that when you're talking to someone that has been diagnosed, but I would just encourage anyone listening to just be positive. You don't have to know the details, don't ask the details, but just be positive and, and supportive and lift that person up in prayer and ask them how you can help them and they will yeah. tell you. That's awesome. Thank good you, Tanya. Thank That's you. That's good advice. That, that is excellent advice. And um, it reiterates what I've been trying to do when I do talk to someone that's been diagnosed with cancer or any other um, illness. Um, so with saying that, so what message would you like to provide women in the community? Um, I would say love on your sister, love on your neighbor, Okay. Uh, whether it's breast cancer or a loss of a, you know, family member, loss of a job, just be a friend, be, you know, be who you are and, and just show up and it should be well received. And if, 
you don't get the response that you were thinking you you would get or should get don't worry about it just show up and let people know uh, we've, we've had someone in our jack and jill chapter here that was newly diagnosed and you know i just sent her a note and when she's ready to talk we can talk and uh but you know i provided support for the food uh, uh, food support just basically the same thing that you guys did and uh, I had to kind of keep texting her a bit because I slipped the gift card up underneath the door. And I just wanted to make sure that she got it and we were gonna have some rain. And, and so I wasn't mm -hmm. trying to bug her, but I just wanted to make sure that she got it because I had proactively given her my gift card in advance. And my, my point is she's dealing with things. You know, there's a lot going on and she gets grace. She didn't have to respond to me right away. She's trying to get mm. through her treatment and she doesn't need to reach out to me right now to get information that, you know, that I think will be helpful in her own time. She will reach out if she does not reach out. That is fine. But my point is, is to love on the person and just give them grace. And of course, most importantly is just pray for them. Yes. 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 Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Um, well, Toya, before we get out of here, I just wanted to ask you about the um, American corporate partners that you work for. Could you just tell us a little bit about that project? Yes. Okay. So American corporate corporation, uh, is it ACP? American Corporation Partners. Yes. yes. It is a, it's a nonprofit organization that partners a military spouse with someone that ideally it's someone in a career that the military spouse wants to move into. Mm. Um, I mm. served as a mentor under uh, with AT&T and luckily Verizon is also doing the same program. My mentee did not want to work in telecom, um, but she was doing a, she was a work from home um, job and she also had three small kids. And I think what was really helpful for her was to hear from me that the work that she's doing, managing her family, supporting her spouse, as well as maintaining her job responsibilities, all of that was transferable to corporate America and helping her to see that and really brainstorming with her what she wanted to do, uh, whether it was working for herself, which she was really thinking about that, and just, you know, listening and just being encouraging uh, to her. So it's, you know, really gonna be different based on the mentor and the mentee, mm -hmm. but you meet with them, you know, on their schedule. So we met once a month and we didn't meet, uh, we would talk over the phone. And it was really, I felt like it was really a good experience. And ultimately she decided that she was not gonna go to the work for, she was not gonna start working outside of her home uh, as early as she thought. She wanted her kids to get a little bit bigger and then she was gonna pursue working outside of her home. So. That's awesome. That's, 
That's awesome. That's great. Paying it forward to the next generation. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Yes. So Toya, I, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your story, basically your testimony. Um, and Toya, here at the, the island, our goal every episode is to engage in dialogue with real talk about real issues in hopes of making a difference in at least one person's life. And so I know that this episode will be helpful to someone. It helped us. We learned new things. It sure did. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm so glad. I know that it will be helpful, but also I just want to say again that you guys have just really been so helpful to me. And I just, I can't say it enough that that's part of the reason why I was able to get through uh, that experience. And I'm really, um, happy that we have just been able to like stick together <laughs> through that and so many other things the ups and the downs yes so it's, been a joy. it's really been a joy <laughs> yes and so with that being said um ladies we're hoping that we can all get up to dallas soon we we're supposed to meet at a conference i don't think it's going to happen it's probably going to be virtually um right. but sometime we've got to get up there and see you toya but in the meantime we want you to take care of yourself, love on your family, and um, be safe. Will do. Thank you. Wear your mask. Love you, yes. Love you. <laughs> love you too. Okay. Bye. Ciao. Bye. -bye. Bye. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs>